You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Raj. Hello and welcome to the Comic Book Informer Podcast. This is Roger coming to you on Wednesday, the 13th of May. We are a day late and I apologize for that, but... Really, there was no burning desire to record this episode anyway, <laughs> because we're going to be talking about the two events that are going on right now for the big two. And I'm going to assume you're in the same boat as I am, although you have been enjoying the lead up to Secret Wars more than I. But we'll get into that. We're going to be discussing both the Secret War as well as our secret wars, I should say, as well as convergence as to where they are at the moment and a little bit of the lead up as to what brought this about. There's going to be spoilers, not in the kind of, yay, check this out. This was so awesome, but more so of, can you believe this? (laughs) And as per usual, Vince, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. All right. Did you, how many of the spin-offs for Convergence did you actually read before we get into that? Like four or five. Okay, well that's more than I thought you'd read actually. <laughs> I uh I I actually kind of liked one of them. <laughs> that see that's the thing. The um the way that it's done, you in each of these spin-offs, you get the whole it's it's as if they had a script. And someone said, okay, listen, mm-hmm. this is what you're going to do. You're going to show that they had to adapt over the course of a year, what they went through, how horrible it was being a super-powered person without your powers, yak, yak, yak. And then just when it's everybody's had enough, the cities are starting to turn on their heroes and crap like that, the dome comes down, they're told to fight, and some either choose to go out and fight or the same kind of thing again. Well, well, we'll go and try to talk to them so that we don't just, we're not just doing what we're told to do and crap like that. But it's like you read one, you've pretty much read them all. Mm-hmm. Like there's little, little nuggets here and there that are like, Oh, that's, that was not as bad. I don't want to say good, but it was like, eh, that wasn't as bad. And then that's, that's it in terms of enjoyment for me personally. Yeah, and yeah, that does sound about right. Like it's it got a little tiring after the, the second oh, one. Yeah. Like, okay, we're we're going through this again. So yeah, it was yeah. Yes, I again it would it would have been different had there been some difference differences to the stories, and and while I haven't read all of them. You can't make me, first of all. I don't care if I have a podcast and I need to know what not, I'm talking about. Not even I would yeah. be that cruel. But I have actually read a number of them because I knew that I wanted to bring this up to to talk about it and, and kind of also to force you to read, <laughs> read something bad. But, I mean, this is the big thing going on right now, this in Secret Wars. And this is huge. This is Flashpoint huge. Not just in terms of what it means for canon in the actual comics, but also in terms of what it means for restructuring of their comic line for DC. So this is big. They've been planning this for a big, long while. And while they've said that the the fifty New 52 continuity itself will continue, there's obviously still going to be quite a number of changes and again that restructuring of what comics they want to put out i mean if if flashpoint was that wiping the blackboard clean this is taking that to the extreme because now it's also all of the multiple universes that exist in the dc universe conceptually i think they might have almost been onto a good idea because for a lot of fans the big deal about flashpoint the new 52 was all the continuity was wiped out so what we're seeing here with convergence is a lot of those classic eras in dc history kind of being brought back and 
theoretically an opportunity to bring some of those classic stories and characters and what have you back into the fold. I don't know if that's what's going to happen. And I think they went a little overboard with the concept, but I kind of see it almost as them realizing that they might have made a mistake and trying to kind of backpedal a bit. But I don't know if it's quite working out. See, well, the, I know it's not working yeah. out, I, 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 but I don't know if any of it is going to end up to be a good idea. I don't know how well this is doing. We've established it often. I, mean, I don't go looking at the stats of what comics are selling well or whatever. So I don't know if there's a lot of people who are genuinely enjoying this, people who are DC fanboys and fangirls who really love those those heroes and villains I, I, and everything don't know of anybody that's into convergence but there are some specific series that people are really into like uh, what's the one that they did with uh, Shazam where it was like the old school one I know some people are super into that because it's bringing back something that they really enjoyed when they were younger so or people who really miss Stephanie Brown or really liking the Batgirl miniseries so there are some small aspects that are really appealing but overall it's uh, it's kind of falling under the radar yeah which, how does that make sense? How can this, something of this magnitude, be falling under the radar? The answer, quite obviously, is that it's just poorly conceived and executed. The, maybe your initial concept wasn't that bad, but as it got added to more and more and more to essentially make it work, it just got to be that snowball going on the hill that you couldn't slow down anymore. And conceptually as well, I actually do have a problem with it. I mean, in terms of what it is, again, spoiler for folks, if you don't know yet, and I didn't even know all this because I haven't read all of the DC lines after New 52. There were some of them that I read, and I try to read periodically here and there, and we saw how well that went with uh, with <laughs> what I was reading there. But this concludes, this event is the conclusion to Earth 2 World's End and New 52 Future's End, the, both of those series. And what's happened... Which were both hot garbage, so I think that really isn't helping them any. Yeah, really. Brainiac has stolen various cities from various timelines and universes. Now, what I didn't realize was that he gained access to all of DC Comics' current and previous timelines as well as universes. After torturing the location of the vanishing point out of Booster Gold in Booster Gold Future's End, number one. I might have to go find that just to see him getting tortured. Because, I mean, DC don't don't uh, dick around anymore when it comes to torturing and yeah, hurting really. and maiming and removing eyes and you name it, they'll do it. We got that in one of these as well. A heart takes someone's heart out and you're going like, Jesus, DC, really? <laughs> like, come on. Um, and then what happened is that there's this sentient planet, tell us, where all of these alternate realities are taken. They're all, it's all cities in domes that are on there. And like one thing I read was saying Brainiac was stealing him, but then another one, and some of what I read too, it was Telus that actually was retrieving, but that doesn't really make sense because Telus is a planet. But he's this, he's kind of turned sentient, so he's a dude. And spoiler, you find out that he actually isn't a planet. He's been brainwashed by Brainiac into believing that he is. But he's got this amazing amount of power to do all kinds of stuff and to obliterate planets or cities if he wishes and whatnot. So you have all of these domes across this planet. And then after a year... Tellus decides, I'm bored, you're all fighting for me, winner gets to survive, which again, that kind of stupid crap, I hate it when they fall on tropes like that, but that's what it is. And and then you basically have the same thing occurring in each of these, these tie-ins that is demonstrating what's happening with each of those worlds. I... Like I talked about some of them before on on other episodes, but just recently I I actually read uh, the Batman and the Outsiders, I read the Detective Comics, I read the second of the Justice League, and I believe that was it of the new ones that I read. The Justice League one was horrible. 
the first issue was horrible. Second issue did not let me down. <laughs> like it was horrible. And the cover for that issue, check out the length of all the women's arms. It's <laughs> ridiculous. They all kind of look like, like Mr. Fantastic thing. It's so horrible. The, 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 the... Anyways, that's just a rant at the art, but um, the story itself is in that one. All it is is basically these these women heroes and, and Mara going up against uh, Aquaman. Who likes Aquaman? Let's be honest. I, I know a couple of people, and yeah, I, I think deep down they're lying. I think they're lying deep down. I think they they thought he was cool as a kid, and they just they can't. That was the only action figure their parents yeah. got, so they convinced themselves they liked Aquaman. <laughs> it was like at a secondhand shop, <laughs> you know. But no, he's really my favorite. I promise. Yeah, that's the thing. There's too much pride involved at this point to just let it go and say, "All right, the world is right. Aquaman sucks." But so yeah, so it's. I mean, the only thing that I, I enjoyed a tiny bit out of that one, and I enjoyed is the wrong term. It's, it made sense was that the uh, Aquaman is saying, while everybody else, once a dome went down, went ballistic and started fighting, I researched who I was going up against so that I'd be prepared because this Trident has like kryptonite on the end to go up against super, super girl and whatnot. But the, the, the two issues were horrible. The two issues were horrible. <laughs> Since, and if I'm not mistaken, all these Convergence minis are only two issues, right? Yeah, I believe so. So is there any sort of resolution? Because I, I didn't read any issue twos. All I read was issue ones. And you said all the issue ones were basically the same story. So was there any resolution over the course of the second issue? There's a resolution in terms of, I guess if you loosely say it, which of the cities won. Mm-hmm. That's all the resolution is. That's right, but not this is supposed really to be some a... grand tournament where only one is going to be left standing. It's you know what it makes me think of. Somewhere in DC, there's a giant whiteboard that has a you know college championship type of write out list showing who's going up against who, who's going to win, and going to the final two in the middle. I'm. I would put down money that that exists somewhere in the DC head office right now, and that's all this is. That's how it comes off. The in comparing it to the Seeker Wars, and just to to for again, folks who might not know what's going on with the Seeker Wars, this is Jonathan Hickman's baby, and what is going on is that one of the Earths exploded was destroyed whatever early in terms of you know grand scheme of fate stuff it wasn't supposed to go just yet and this has created a ripple effect because in so far as reed explaining this the multiple universes for in, in the marvel canon are essentially lined up beside each other now, that is the dumbest goddamn thing I've ever heard of from someone who's supposed to be the smartest person on the planet, next to Val. And, uh, and it, it's ridiculous. Bad shit, crazy, stupid. It does not make sense. And so this one planet going now creates kind of this little vacuum where, oh, there's the, the two more collide and two more collides. And, and it just keeps colliding. And as it collide, get destroyed. But it's an infinite amount of parallel universe. Every choice that's made results in another parallel universe. So even if it's colliding, there should be enough of them constantly being created that they're there. They're 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 fine. And again, this ripple effect of them all going until you have two left. See, this is where again. <laughs> analytical part of my brain is going once you get down to just a few left don't you think there'd be enough room to spread out why are these still so crammed back that they're colliding and beside each other they're it just i hate that so when you look at it compared to the convergence stuff the convergence stuff actually makes more sense 
it it does. It makes more sense as to how this came to be. Brainiac went batshit crazy and decided that he's going to grab a whole bunch of these timelines and put them all on a planet. And from there, Telus decides he's going to have some fun. Horrible cliche makes more sense. The only thing that I like more in The Secret Wars is the reason for the infighting between the various right. planets is because there's a planet about to crash in each other. It's not that some higher being said, you're going to fight for me like the freaking Beyonder from the original Secret Wars. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a number of other factors involved, you know, with uh, the various factions that are trying to survive through the incursions and whatnot. But yeah, when, when you break it down to the, the one uh, kickoff event, it, it does sound kind of ridiculous. It is. <laughs> All the way through. I'm sorry. I did you read all of the actual convergence issues themselves? Yeah, and I have no idea what happened. I read them and then I stared and I was like, I have no idea what I just read. <laughs> it the made no sense to me. See, the problem is is that and we still read DC comics, so we're not that brand new type of reader that any comic publisher would love to get their hands on and entice into buying their comics. We've read a number of these, but once again, I, neither one of us is a diehard fanboy or fangirl. And I don't use that term in a derogatory manner. If you love them and you read all this stuff, excellent. And if you love it, great. So we're not that, but even us, like, I mean, I'm reading that. I'm going, who the hell are these people? <laughs> I mean, I've read a number of DC comics and I don't, I expect that there's going to be different versions of the same heroes because of the multiple universes crap going on. But still, it's like, I, I have no clue. So I am invested, not at all, in, in any of this. Some of it can be cool, but there's no investment whatsoever. I mean, in one of them, Batman's no longer there. He's dead. And you're thinking, wow, that should kind of hit close to home, but it doesn't. And part of that is because of, A, you don't know who the hell these people are. But also part of it is that the it, it wasn't as well written that we are going to care about them. Because if you look at the Flashpoint stuff, again, played around with parallel universes and all that. And up until the very end... We love that crap. Mm -hmm. I mean, loved, loved, loved it. So this had the potential to do the same thing, really getting us to care about different characters and whatnot. Like the various huntresses that you see or Nightwings or Robins, the various different ones, like the one that was the um, uh, detective one, I, I believe is which one it was. Yeah, detective comics where you're getting Huntress and you're getting, I don't know if that's supposed to be a alternate Nightwing or Robin I can't remember now and they're going up against the Russian Superman mm -hmm. and it was like this should have been really good this should have been really really good and this is actually at the end it shows the tie back yes yeah, Dick Grayson it shows the tie back to some of the events and kind of what led to major story elements and whatnot, which right. is very useful to know but still I mean, this should have been fairly hard-hitting. Did you actually read this one? No, but it's actually interesting when you do contrast it with Flashpoint because with Flashpoint, all of these alternate realities are stuff that they made up for specifically Flashpoint. So they had to establish themselves in the story for us to have a reason to care about them. But what they're doing here with Convergence is every one of these alternate realities – and that's air quotes because a lot of these were all the same reality until a couple years ago are based on specific comics that were actually published. And I think DC is expecting the reader's investment in the story to be based on their pre-existing knowledge of those stories and those comics. And if you're going in without that pre-existing knowledge, it completely lacks any impact whatsoever. Well, it doesn't have to. But it probably will. If you have a good writer who can make you care about these characters, then 
you still can. True. But you need someone who is going to write well. And I'm sorry. I'm not impressed. Again, we uh, we saw some well, look bits. At the, look at the writers they have here on Convergence. None of them are the regular DC writing staff. Wow. So which one did you read that you actually enjoyed? The There's one I theoretically might enjoy. But the one that I actually <laughs> theoretically might enjoy. The one that I actually did enjoy was Swamp Thing. Okay. Because it read like an old Swamp Thing comic from the 80s, but... It's just Swamp Thing. Like, you don't need to know that continuity. And the art style and the writing, it really came off like an old-school horror comic. And really, like, it was all about his suffering because, you know, he lost his powers too. So he's basically dying while uh, Abby Arcane is trying to keep him alive. And I don't. I just really enjoyed it. It, it really sucked me in and established a mood right from the get-go. So I actually really liked that one. Okay. Anything else you want to... Uh, I'll touch on a couple real quick if you'd like me to. Go for it. Uh, I read Justice League International. Was really disappointed in that because the whole thing about Justice League International is that nobody gives a crap about Blue Beetle and Fire and Ice. That's kind of the concept of the characters. But what made that comic so special back when it was popular was the writing. Like, they made you like those characters. And Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMatteis are on DC's payroll, and yet they couldn't get them to write this miniseries, and it's just, it was awful. Huh. Uh, the Green Lantern Parallax. I was kind of into it, like, because this picks up, like, right after Hal has destroyed the Green Lantern Corps, and when the dome settled in, he lost his powers and was stripped of, the, you know, the Parallax entity. So it starts off with just him. He's imprisoned himself in jail, and it's all of his guilt and doubt uh, from what he did and whether he was responsible for it or if Parallax was a different being. And it was it was good up until the point they got their powers back. And I was like, oh, OK, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Suicide Squad is the one that I might theoretically like. <laughs> uh, big thumbs up, first of all, for getting the real Amanda Waller back. <laughs> I <I've> heard <laughs> that one. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, it's like, eh. Because it's it's built so much around Waller in the beginning act that when it switches over to the actual squad characters, I, I don't know. But the one reason I'm still interested in that one is the city they're going up against is the Kingdom Come continuity. Okay, right. So that's so why I was like, okay, I'll read the second issue just for that. Um, and aside from that, uh, I read Wonder Woman, but it was crap. So I yeah, I actually read that one too, and I. The, the the Speed Force one was not as bad. But again, partially that's because we like the character Barry. So mm. I enjoyed that. And uh, or, although, no, this wasn't Barry. This was Wally, sorry. Right, um, better Flash. Yeah. So, but with his kids and then the the, the silly bird Flash as well. That's, <laughs> there, or no, not a bird. It's a turtle. There's a turtle that's a Flash as well. From another, and going up against the Wonder Woman from another much meaner Earth, <laughs> but that one wasn't horrible. And part of what made it not as horrible was that a large portion of it was not just with him dealing with the loss of his powers and being cooped up there, kind of thing, but his relationship with his kids as well. So they had to do the woman in the refrigerator deal with his wife being gone and things like that. But the relationship with him and his kids is kind of funny because anytime he thinks about them, they get sucked him, sucked to him through the speed force. They just appear. So anytime he's kind of fighting Wonder Woman and all that, he's thinking about the kids and then they come and essentially kind of give him a hand. It was not as bad. It was cliched, cheesy, for sure, for sure. But in comparison to the rest of the nonsense, uh, it, was, uh, it wasn't as bad. Okay, so let's move on then to the uh, Secret War stuff. There was a massive prelude issue thing that I read. What do you <laughs> prelude issue thing. Well, it was basically just a crap load of different issues mm -hmm. put together to try to make it so that people can make sense of this when they pick up 
the first issue of Good luck. Secret Wars. Because, I mean, they're... The, ca- the prelude to Secret Wars is about 80 issues long. <laughs> yeah. It's the, called Avengers and New Avengers. They went back here to the freaking Secret Wars, last few issues of the Secret Wars with <laughs> Doom going just crazy on everybody, if you'll recall that stuff. Uh-huh. And then showed off some of the... Ultimate stuff, as well as the Ultimate Superman, or not Superman, sorry, Spider-Man, as well as some early intro stuff on the planets starting to crash. Uh, that's something that, I mean, we talked about that a long, long yes. time ago. That, so, that was like issue one of New Avengers three yeah. years ago. So there, and there hasn't, there wasn't a ton of like recent stuff in this to explain to people what's going on either. So it was kind of like, well, this ain't going to help one bit. And it didn't <laughs> <laughs> at all. Now, Secret Wars, we've talked about this before. We've actually covered Secret Wars, and I believe we covered two a little bit in that same episode or another one i can't recall now uh, i think you might have done it in what we're reading because i have no interest in ever reading secret wars 2 again yeah so secret wars the original was in 84 and 85 and then secret wars 2 was 85 and 86 so they're going back quite a while for this i i don't know why they first of all chose secret wars why secret wars name other than because they think it elicits this fond memory in people and we talked about that a while back because we actually went back and reread them to see if they held up eh, not quite so much kind of thing it's it's important it held to... up a lot better than some of the other old school stuff we there read. is there is that yeah but why make it secret wars why not call it something else hickman's been busting his ass on this why not i think that's exactly what it is hickman had said i've got a great idea this is a story i'd like to tell and someone in marketing went, we can call that Secret Wars. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a small rant, but I think it's stupid. It's valid. This is actually marking the end of the Ultimates universe completely. That imprint is going to be gone. And with the last issue of Ultimate End written by uh, Bendis being, that's it. How do you feel about that? First of all, do you think it's a wise move to get rid of the Ultimates universe? Because like they've I've said for rebooted years, a few times. Yeah, they've rebooted it how many times in yep. the last five years even? <laughs> like, with the exception of Miles and very few of the supporting characters, I have no use for the entire rest of the universe anyway. So I say you salvage what you can and scrap all the dead weight. I'm more of the opinion that it exists, mm-hmm. it's there, and there is a ever-growing history for that canonical history for that universe now but that's the problem they've they've, they've smashed that cannon against the walls so it, many times well, yeah like, a few times left well i disagree there is still there is still a foundation there should there be more by this point god yeah yeah after 15 goddamn years there should be a lot more but not all of it succeeded. I don't think that's reason enough to throw the baby out with the bathwater because it still is there. It still has a solid foundation that can produce amazing things still. So it's just a matter of, once again, putting different series in the right hands. Mm-hmm. The right writers, the, the big right artists. Exactly. But it's there, so why get rid of it instead of working with talented, try new people, talented new people that can really play with it? Because, again, it's it's a toy box. It's Marvel's injustice that they can really run with it if they want. And when you think of the wealth of Marvel characters, superheroes, that haven't been used in the Ultimates universe, I mean, it's wide open to really do amazing things. Just try different writers. So I'm of the opinion that, no, this is the wrong decision. I think it's stupid, period, the concept as a whole. But if we're going to accept that, well, we don't have any choice, it's happening, that's that, then I think that the the choice to get rid of the Ultimates universe, very, very bad one. 
Like not just a little, but a lot of bad in my opinion. I, I would have preferred to see it basically just carry on as essentially Miles' own little pocket universe because I think bringing Miles into regular Marvel continuity is going to be a disappointment because you're leaving behind a lot of what made that comic great. Like, okay, hopefully Genki will still be around, but you know you won't have Kitty, you won't have Cloak and Dagger, at least not as we know them in that setting. So I, I would have preferred if they had kept it its own little pocket, just, you know, maybe stop trying to make Reed Richards work <laughs> because it's not happening. But yeah, like it is, it is what it is. I, I'm not going to miss it. That's what it is. That's how I feel. Like I, I'm, I've given it enough chances that uh, I'm kind of done with it, except for Miles. See, there still was some good X-Men stuff, too. Like, there was actually some fairly decent X-Men stuff. There was a lot... Not recently. That, that's right. There was a lot that kind of became, ah, damn it, you, you jumped the shark again, you know? And so that's when it loses interest sometimes, unless you got a good writer who can handle jumping sharks scenes. But... But there was still a lot of good stuff that we saw happen in the X-Men. And again, all that means to me is if it happened once, it can happen again if you put it in the right creative team's hands. So, and I mean, and, and Cloak and Dagger, come on. <laughs> they were finally awesome. I wanted to see a lot more of them. So, I again, I'm disappointed. What did you think of that first Secret Wars issue? I think... Think like I enjoyed it because, like I said, I've been into the storyline from the beginning. I think it was a very poor first issue of Secret Wars. It would have been a good last issue before Secret Wars, but as far as something that people are going to walk out to the their comic shop and pick up, this was not a good choice. I love that this event is such a convoluted mess, <laughs> which it is that. The writing credits for Jonathan Hickman is writer and designer. <laughs> I foresee Hickman is like one of those crazy conspiracy theory guys you see in the movies. He's just got a room covered in like newspaper clippings, except they're comic issues with like strings going between. Them. Oh yeah, yeah. This is, he's the hero from Heroes of Marvel. Yes. <laughs> Like, how do I make this work? <laughs> it's all in there. It'll all make sense eventually. <laughs> yeah, and, like, I mean... But he when, made Doctor Doom the savior of the multiverse. I can't be angry at that. When your event needs a designer, cool. <laughs> we need to dock. <laughs> and that cast list is pretty goddamn big. <laughs> I... This was... See, this is the thing with this, and we've talked about this with various Hickman mm -hmm. events, series, you name it, where the payoff is worth it almost all the time. And he writes differently, and that's a frustration and winds <laughs> up being something awesome down the line. But the manner in which he writes can be incredibly frustrating if you're reading issue, waiting, reading another mm -hmm. issue later, waiting all in one chunk, then it makes a hell of a lot more sense. But, and, and that's very much what this is again. This was, I mean, at no point, un, unlike the, the, the convergence stuff, at no point was I, I thinking, okay, this makes no sense at all. Like I'm not getting what's going on. No, I get it. I don't necessarily agree with it or think that, you know, that's the best way to handle it. And again, confusing for confusing's sake. But all right, whatever. I can still roll with it to a certain degree. But I did not enjoy this to say that, you know. And I, I can't blame you for not enjoying it. It's not like I could point at it and go, no, look at this. This was great because it's kind of only great if you read the preceding 80 issues. Yeah. And I, I like I said before, I was planning. I didn't realize I'd be so short on time between, you know, that event and then essentially immediately rolling into this. By the time I found out, I was like, okay, well, it's too late. I'll just bounce into Secret Wars and go from there. This had some great scenes. That's mm -hmm. the thing, too. Like, the stuff with Sue in that part of the ship that gets oh, man. broken off and, and like, the... the, the Jonathan the, Hickman is dedicated to making the Fantastic Four as miserable as possible. <laughs> and f apparently fingerless as well. <laughs> 
but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that stuff was well done, extremely well done. But that's because, again, it's very, it's, we care about the, these characters. We care mm-hmm. about these people a lot. And he writes freaking Fantastic Four like nobody else can. So that's, that's very much a, a part of that. But, I mean... Again, when you you have to look at it as a whole and what it means for where this event is headed, and what this issue meant to me is hold off on it, wait until the event is done, mm-hmm. and then quite literally make one of my binge reading sessions be the Avengers right through into this event and read it all in one shot. And I strongly believe that's the only way that I'll actually be able to enjoy it as well. I I agree. Yeah. I I can't I can't refute that argument. So, okay. Did you have anything else to add for uh, Secret Wars? Uh, at this point, no, because there's a lot that remains to be seen. I'm still excited for some of the the crazy tie-ins that are coming, but I'm preparing myself for disappointment at the same time. <laughs> yeah. But I stand by my statement. There's no way Ghost Racers will not be awesome. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, let's move on to what we're reading. Well, may as well start off with the obvious Amazing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. which uh, we got Slot and Crystal's Gage on uh, on writing duties with uh, Ramos back as Penciler. Yes. <laughs> Makes such a difference in my enjoyment of this comic. <laughs> this was awesome. I, I love this because we're seeing yet again how much of a difference Anna Maria makes in yes. Peter's life as Peter as well as Spider-Man. And I am so glad that Slot had the foresight not just to create such an interesting and intelligent woman character, also a minority, but also just to to keep her around, even when mm-hmm. she's no longer a romantic interest she is still such a strong female character that she stays. I love that. Like that's major props to Slot for 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 continuing that. I nothing but respect for that. Anna Maria is easily the best thing about the Spider-Man comic right now. Yeah. yeah. And that's not saying the rest of the stuff is bad. <laughs> it's just that she is above and beyond. She like, yeah, she's great. So this was like again action beginning to end kind of thing and Peter realizing what it feels like when other people do whatever they want without listening to him and which is kind of what he does all the time. Mm -hmm. I I mean, nothing, it it was the resolution that I was expecting and I was even expecting Anna Maria to jump in a lot more because she was doing that before. So I was kind of expecting that. The stuff with Black Cat, I'm still not crazy about that storyline. I'm not crazy about it. I will agree. I'm glad that the preliminary stuff for that, the intro to the bringing her into power is kind of done now. I would assume he can move on from here and either she's completely badass or move on to another villain for a little while, at least Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But with the ending of this, putting her more in a position of being a very serious villain that at any time slot can call upon to be a viable threat and not just a, you know, romantic booty call for Peter. I like that. And mm-hmm. and I like actually where she's gone. It's a, it's a little, it, not a little, it's a lot off the deep end with what I think is a, I don't think it was reason enough for the, that reaction. It doesn't add up. Granted, I mean, she did jail time. So of course that's, you got to take that into consideration. That happened fairly fast in terms of the continuity of the comic, but she was in there for, I believe, a number of years, wasn't she? No. They said, I thought it was years she was in jail. No. I could be wrong. Okay. Still, I'm I'm more all right with it now than I was at the beginning. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and May's little chat with Spidey, I thought that was so cute. <laughs> uh, anything to add on that one? No. Good. Okay. Have you checked out yet the Postal series that I told you about? I have not. You know what? I would strongly urge you to actually check it out when you have the time. 
because this is the third issue now. The characters are somewhat cemented enough that we know who they are, even when there is some deception going on. We know where that stems from and things like that. Now some of the characters are starting to realize what's right, what's wrong in this little town kind of thing. And and we're continuing to find out more as well about uh, certain other other people, including like the, the main character's father and whatnot. It still is very good. And it's... It's not relying on a ton of cliches to tell the story either. Like a lot of this, I sit down and I read this and I genuinely don't know where the story is going. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of fun. I like that. Uh, Rocket Raccoon, the newest I have, one. I didn't get a chance to read the latest one yet. Okay. It's, uh, it's very good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not very good like that. Him and Groot issue kind of mm. thing that's, you know, really hits home, but just plain good. Like it was a fun romp and art was spectacular again, obviously. And uh, who did the, it wasn't Young that this, I think. No, young, he's not doing the art. No, it was uh, Jake Parker, whose style I'm so used to now Yeah, in comparison to Young's that. You know what? I'm, I'm, yeah, they've really partnered him up with some good artists. Yeah. Did you read the latest uh, Princess Leia? The third issue? Yes. Again, great stuff happening in this series. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm really digging the all the other characters that are... Leia's just there to move the story forward. Yeah, Leia's just that anchor for us. We know Leia... We and, and R2, <laughs> and we know R2, so this is the Star Wars universe. There's our anchor that we need, and the rest can be some original stuff and, and fun stuff and whatnot, and and strong characters. And like her female partner, the, the pilot that she's taken with her there, the guard, she's just turning out to be a great character all the way through. Mm-hmm. So I'm so I'm interested really to see what they're it. doing here with Leia and Darth Vader because they're both only miniseries. So I'm wondering if they're basically using them as launching off points for these new characters to get their own comics. I cannot imagine that there will not be a ton of super or Star Wars comics for a very long time. With the buying of Marvel, it's just you know there's going to mm-hmm. be constant series for this. Plus, it's their hype machine. Right, a, but, he, but going in, I was expecting, okay, we're going to get the Darth Vader series, we're going to get the Han Solo series, we're going to get the Boba Fett series. But seeing how they're building and expanding on the universe using these iconic characters actually has me really excited. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, just to end out the, what I'm assuming is the final issue of Spider-Man and the X-Men because of the whole Secret Wars, mm-hmm. it says at the end it's leading up to that. So this was actually... I enjoyed this one. I mean, it wasn't something that I would look at and say, this was amazing, make sure to pick it up kind of thing. Nowhere near that. But as a resolution for everything that's been going on, as a kind of a a wrap-up for that classroom as well, it's, it's... it was it was good. It, it relied on the old cliche of a tough class that hates their teacher kind of thing. But towards the end, they gain the respect for the teacher and, of course, develop a an identity as the the, the class has its own identity. So it, it kind of relied on that. But because we care so much about these characters, I mean, even these young X Men, we've seen them written very well in other stuff kind of stuff early on that I, I like the characters and whatnot. So when you're seeing, you know, shark girl kind of having a little romantic moments kind of thing, it's kind of cute and you're going, okay, that's, that's nice. And then when they are saying like the, uh, there is that moment where the, the, I can't remember who it was Helios. He was talking to, I can't remember if it was storm or somebody else and make reference to 
you know, you're an X-Men, so you have an identity. And he's going, no, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about our class. Like, we are our own little team. So it was, again, it was a, a, a cute little wrap-up. It was, it was good. I enjoyed it. All right. So what have you got? Uh, not much, because you made me read all this DC crap. <laughs> 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 really, the only uh, comic I've read uh, since last week that uh, bears mentioning is Wayward. I... Issue 7. I haven't read it. I've got a freaking great. Okay. Did you read issue six? Yeah. So you, the, the new the new girl that they're establishing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we get to see some cool stuff with her uh, working with Ayane and also a lot of development from like the weird supernatural side, like really driving the story forward as well. This, this was probably the best issue yet. Really? That's saying yeah. a lot. Okay. I, I, like I said, I have it queued I up. I... I just haven't had a chance to actually. Um, actually, before I get into the releases for the week, have you gotten caught up with the Flash and the Arrow stuff and uh, and Agents of Shield? Still not Arrow. Uh, Agents of Shield. I missed last night's episode because uh, I decided to be smart and mature and go out for my run instead of watching two hours <laughs> of Agents of Shield. So I'll catch up for it. Flash. I've been keeping tabs on. Like I've been watching it here and there. <sighs> On one hand, I really like Flash because it's like super comic book and it's not afraid to be that, unlike a lot of other DC properties. On the other hand, there's some stuff in that show that just frustrates the hell out of me. Like what? Like the relationship with Iris and like there's oh, just Jesus. a lot a lot of characterization in that show is really annoying. But like the main story stuff with the Flash and the villains, I love it. Yeah, the Flash is actually the best of the three, in my opinion, the flash is actually really quite good. And especially if you keep up with it and keep, uh, mm-hmm. um, keep up with the characters, you're, you're really going to enjoy it. And it helps if you're actually watching both flash and Arrow, of course, cause they do the little back and forth every once in a while. And you'll see characters from not just the main guys, but the supporting crew going and helping each other out. And the supporting crew for both of those shows are just as important as the lead actors. So, I actually enjoy The Flash. The only problem is, is that this season has been for both of them, the season where everybody is pissed off that they're holding secrets. You didn't tell me this. How can I ever trust you again? And that cliched trope bullshit that I hate that. Well, apparently somebody decided that the writers for both of these were going to spend the majority of their time on that crap. And it has really brought down both series. They're superheroes. Of course, they're going to have secret identities. <laughs> they didn't tell you because you're not able to run at the speed of sound. Okay. And that Iris character is horrible. I'm sure the woman who acts as her is a nice woman, but the character is so poorly written and some of the lines she gets and this, I might've been able to help you. It's like the dude can run at the speed of sound. I'm not going to lie. When I'm watching the flash, like I'll watch it on demand and I'll fast forward through some of the scenes. Oh. Like, I, I know I'm not going to be interested in this. I'll just skip ahead five minutes. She is annoying. And again, we've gotten far too much of your holding secrets and you didn't tell me everything. And how can I ever trust you? Melodrama throughout the entire season that has driven me nuts. Mm-hmm. And so that notwithstanding everything else has been, a ton of fun. Yeah, on the other hand, I can't be angry at a TV show that gave me Gorilla freaking Grodd. Dude, Grodd was amazing. <laughs> the scene with Grodd, you're going, holy crap, for a TV show about superheroes. Like, we live in a good time. <laughs> like, that we get this kind of stuff. And, and as ridiculous as Grodd as a concept is, they made it work. And the character of the reverse Flash, they've really made him interesting. Like, mm-hmm. and that relationship between him and 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 the Flash and, and, and things like that, super well done. Super well done. So I actually have not watched the finales that just aired, so I'll be watching those again. So let's move on to what just came out today. From the Marvel side, we've got Angela... Asgard's Assassin, number six. We've got Captain America and the Mighty Avengers, number eight. Captain Marvel, number 15. Darth Vader, number five. Guardians 3000, number eight. Legendary Star-Lord, number 12. Miss Marvel, number 15. I don't know if that one caption I saw today panel is from this week's issue or another one, 
Mm. And I'm behind a few issues, but there's somebody screaming con at her. That was like the Star Trek con. <laughs> it was hysterical. So I'm looking no, for... No, I, I think that's from this week's issue because I, I've, I'm up to date and I don't remember that scene. I'm oh pretty sure I would have laughed God, at it. It's hysterical. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Secret Wars number two of eight. Silk number four. So that's... Uh, that's I'm looking forward to seeing that. Spider-Man 2099, number 12. Star Wars, number one. Thor, number eight. Uncanny. Number one. I, I don't know if that's a reprint. I looked and I couldn't see if it was a reprint or not. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'm, There's I do... something on the shelf this week that's got Star Wars on yeah, it. Yeah, well, because I saw it and I went, oh, that's got to be a reprint. And I went and I'm not. And I'll go, I don't know what they're doing for, for Star Wars issues. <laughs> so I'll just put it in. Uh, Thor, number eight. Uncanny Avengers, number four. And Wolverine's number 18. Almost there. Oh, on the DC side, Batman Arkham Knight number four. And then everything for Convergence. We've got Convergence number six of eight. And then running down the list, we've got Aquaman, Batman, Shadow of the Bat, Catwoman, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, Parallax, Justice League International, Suicide Squad, Superboy, Supergirls, Supergirl Matrix, and then Superman, Man of Steel. And then we've got Injustice, Gods Among Us, year four, number one. Oh, Guess what I'm excited for mm-hmm. coming from and, DC. And now that we're going into a fresh storyline with, uh, I'm assuming Bucoletto is still writing? That I don't know. But as I said, that was the only downside with season three was the, the switch to writers wasn't uh, yeah, seamless. very seamless. So now that we're going in with the new writer, uh, really cool to see what they're going to do now. Oh, I'm so excited to see what's coming up. Okay, image, we've got East of West, number 19, Five Ghost Special, number one. We've got a bunch of number ones, actually. Injection, number one, Mantle, number one, and Miss Mythic, number one. And then we've got Saga, number 28, Savior, number two. I don't know how long I'm going to keep reading that, but I will give it a couple of issues to see. Southern Cross, number three, and Walking Dead, number 141. And from everybody else, we've got Lantern City, number one of 12 from Boom Studios, which actually sounded really cool. Got some steampunk stuff happening mm-hmm. in that one there. Haro, Haro Country, Haro Country, whatever, number one from Dark Horse Comics. And uh, the Dresden Files, uh, downtown, number four of six. So a lot of stuff coming out. <laughs> Not necessarily a lot of good, but there's a lot. So you can, <laughs> you got no excuse to not read. Anyways, that's going to wrap it up for the week. Of course, you can find the show notes at comicbookinformer.com. You can find us on Twitter at CB Informer. And with that, we will talk to you guys next week. Make sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast.